When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? And we're live. Welcome, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin for this uh, happy hour, this Friday happy hour episode. What I did before I went live, and I gave um, the the people I sent this link to a few minutes to, to hop on here, and we'll see if they do wind up hopping on over the course of the show, but I sent our Lounge VIPs a link, a StreamYard link, that allows you to be on this show with me. If you are interested in doing that, go ahead, hit that, uh, hit the subscribe button, and then also look a little to the right, I believe, and you can find another link that allows you to, um, to, to, to take part in these episodes as well. I believe it costs like two or three bucks a month or something like that if you want to do that. Um, as it stands, the way this is going to work out, I'm going to, while we wait for you know an audience uh, or while we wait for participants, um, I'm going to look at the month ahead. And uh, I told myself before I went live, maybe a good idea to pull up said schedule. Did I? You bet your ass I didn't, but it is now pulled up. So I'm going to look at that uh, schedule. Um, I also asked Twitter for some questions, so I'll be going to Twitter to uh, to answer some of your questions. I also, um, as I do every week, am uh, going to look at the iTunes mailbag to see if you guys have any questions there that you would like covered, um, <clears throat> and uh, I will I will get to those. Those will take priority over everything else, as is usually the case, um, and and I will. Uh, you know, answer those questions first and then maybe take some from Twitter. And then if you guys have any questions or comments here, if you're watching live, I'll answer those as well. Again, this is a brand new version of this. I am building this airplane mid-flight. So we will see how this thing goes um, over the course of the next, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes or so before I get you out of here. Another reminder also, 
I am now uh, Lakers Insider for uh, Lakers Daily. So as soon as I hop off of here, I'm going to hop on to, uh, I'm going to stay on my computer and write this weekend's column uh, that will look ahead to uh, this March and do offer up some exclusive reporting uh, on everything that is at stake based on the way that this month goes. Um, and and then, you know, obviously from there, over the course of the weekend and certainly on Sunday, I will do some, uh, you know, I'll, I'll offer up a couple more tidbits that, you know, offer a little more context to the reporting that I do in that piece that will hopefully drop sometime this evening or uh, tomorrow morning. All right. That is all of the, uh, I, I guess I should also say, please do hit that subscribe button here on YouTube for those of you who are watching live. If you're watching on uh, Twitter, please do head on over to, um, <laughs> excuse me, youtube.com slash at Lakers Lounge where you could find the show and hit that subscribe button there. If you are um, watching or if you guys are listening after this drops in audio form, please do hit that subscribe button and uh, I will... Uh, and 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 uh, you know, hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. You can find this there, uh, and obviously, preferably on Odyssey. It looks like we have our first guest, although uh, the device is not connected. So, Laker Pete, um, your once your device is up and running, I will bring you on stage, and we will uh, talk it out. However, you want to, whatever you want to uh, have covered, or whatever part of the conversation you want to you want to discuss, we can get to that. And um, uh, the first question I guess I should probably have here, Kirk Henderson, friend of the show, host of Pod Maverick, I believe still editor of Mavs Moneyball. Um, yeah, he is. Asking if I will come to his birthday party. Um, yeah, I will. And and if you want, I can dress up as Joker. It's, it's, it's <laughs> um, all right, so... Let's look at the schedule, which is pretty daunting here in March. I'm going to, uh, I have it pulled up for myself, but I may as well grab the, uh, the extent of it um, on, you know, here from uh, ESPN, or maybe it's best to pull it up in calendar form. Lakers schedule. Let's see if we can go to, there we go. Come on, now let's go March. Man, I would like to be able to look at the calendar version of it, not this huge list. All right, so I guess I'll just go ahead and uh, grab the screen grab that I grabbed and, uh, you know, look at it that way. And here it is. It's going to be a little long. It's going to fit a little iffy on the screen, but I will run through those games with you. Is that, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. So I will remove this banner and we will go through these games starting Saturday. The Lakers play against Denver and then throughout the entirety of, Ma of March, the Lakers will play two games against teams that are not currently in the play-in or playoff uh, as it stands. Now, Atlanta could fall out, Brooklyn could jump in, um, but the only two games that the Lakers are going to be playing this month against non-playoff or play-in teams are against the Memphis Grizzlies, a team that the Lakers have already lost to this season, and against the Brooklyn Nets, uh, another team that the Lakers have already lost to this season. 
Um, both those games are going to be on the road and they come at the end of the month after the Lakers will have played against the likes of Denver, Oklahoma city, Milwaukee, Minnesota, golden state. Like <laughs> the only kind of respite that, uh, comes against those playoff or play in teams is probably Philly because of the whole Embiid injury situation. But that is a brutal schedule, right? That's why you had to take care of business in January. Uh, fortunately, the Lakers did take care of business in um, February, where I believe they went 9-3 and three in February, which is a great month, especially given the expectations going into it. Um, weird how all of a sudden the Lakers would have a 9-3 and three month after they started playing more of the guys from last year's title or uh, Western Conference Finals run. You would never have seen that coming. I could not possibly have seen that coming. Um, but yeah, that 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 March schedule that the Lakers have in front of them is super daunting. And it is not, uh, you know, the Lakers are not going to have, I will look at it again. The Lakers have, let's see. It doesn't look like the Lakers have, a, you. they have one back-to-back. So they go, um, they play at Milwaukee on Tuesday, March 26th. And then they play in Memphis the second night of a back-to-back um, after playing the, the Milwaukee Bucks. So I guess that's fortunate. Uh, it is, you know, fairly West Coast heavy, right? Um, even if the Lakers aren't playing all of their games at home, but, you know, they're playing at home against Denver. They're playing at home against OKC, at home against Sacramento, at home against Milwaukee, and, and at home against Minnesota. Then they stay in California to play at Sacramento, then they go back home to play Golden State at home against Atlanta, at home against Philly, at home against Indiana. And then they head back out onto the road where they'll play at Milwaukee, at Memphis, at Indiana, and at Brooklyn. Uh, so I guess if you're looking for kind of positives here, you are not leaving the state of California until you know March 24th after they play the Indiana Pacers and, and head out onto the road for a quick little roadie. A road trip against Milwaukee, Memphis, Indiana, and Brooklyn. Still, given the situation that the Lakers are in and given the uh, standings as they currently look, where you look at it and the Lakers currently stand in the nine spot because of, you know, uh, winning percentages and, and, and stuff like that, the Lakers are currently 33 and 28. The Golden State Warriors have one fewer loss, but have played so many fewer games that the Lakers uh, are technically a spot ahead of them. Uh, the Lakers are in the nine spot and they are three losses behind Dallas and Sacramento. Uh, both of whom, uh, you know, are, are going to be playing like their lives are on the line here as well. So hopefully the Lakers do enough to stay, you know, to, to jump up into those seven or eight spots. So that means you have to, you, you technically only have to win one game to move into the playoffs. Um, but if you, uh, it, you know, if you stay in that nine or that 10 spot, you, especially the 10 spot, you have to win two road games to get into actually still the nine spot. No, nine, nine spot. You play against, um, the, uh, 10, the, the 10 seed and you technically have a home game and then you would play a road game to see if you can get into the eight seed. Um, but it, for that, uh, for the 10 spot, right. You play, you would probably play at Golden State, um, and then you would probably play. You know, the the loser of uh, of Dallas or Sacramento. You're playing either of those teams on the road, 
And um, there is just no easy path there to the playoffs. And then after that, you would wind up playing, pro, you know, one of uh, Minnesota, OKC, or Denver, right? Um, who would probably be in that in that one speed one seed. And and it's just you know the Lakers have a lot of work ahead of them. And it starts with this March. And um, before, uh, and, and I'll write about this uh, over the weekend. I'm really fascinated to see kind of what is at stake uh, for the interested parties here, right? Uh, not just Darvin Ham, who I know people are really curious about, but also like the very concept of the way that the Lakers built out their roster this year with the focus being depth, right? Would the Lakers, like if they do fare well in this um, March gauntlet that they have facing them, would that be enough to let them, you know, convince them to, you know, uh, pursue that path again this offseason? If things go poorly, would the Lakers then trade that depth for a third star? Um, something that we know that the Lakers are interested in doing anyway, would that be enough to push them over the hump and, and definitely pursue that path there? Uh, it's, 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 I'm really fascinated by how this is all going to play out. And uh, once we, we, you know, start seeing the kind of basketball that the Lakers would play in that run, we'll, I guess, uh, see what, what comes of it. Um, we do have a super comment, so I will go and get, uh, go ahead and get to that. Brandon Oeming, uh writes the, after I, you know, play the super important clip. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Brandon Ulmang writes, uh, imagine the lineup of AR, KCP, Vando, Braun, uh, and AD with AC and Rui off the bench. Losing KCP and AC really hurt. Um, I mean, if you're doing that, then you may as well include Kuz in there, right? Although I don't know the path that you would have to getting Vando. Because uh, it was, I'd have to, yeah, so... Was it? Yeah, it was KCP in Coos in that Russ trade and Harold, I think, too, right? And um, which is just, <laughs> I think Raj called it diabolical last night. Um, so if you, I, I don't think it's possible for you to have Vando on this roster as well, uh, you know, with KCP, but you know, that type of player, but basically, like, imagine having AR, KCP, Coos. Braun and AD with AC and Rui off of the bench, you would probably swap AR and AC there. Um, and and uh, you wouldn't have, I guess you could technically have Rui because the Lakers signed Kendrick Nunn and then traded Kendrick Nunn for Rui Hachimura, right? Kendrick Nunn and like, you know, I think another contract or something like that and some second rounders was what it took to get Rui. So you technically could have Rui on that team. Um, but yeah, that lineup of, you know, Caruso and KCP and Kuz, Braun and AD, like that won you a championship and you could have had a version of it 
Like the what if that I would love to know about is and and Schroeder played well enough, and that team started really well when they still had Marcus All. Like a great what if is what happens if Marcus All never gets COVID. But um, you know, also, you know, interesting there that summer after they traded for for Dennis Schroeder, they made a promise to Schroeder that he would start in those games, and that forced uh, Caruso to the bench. A role that he was fine in, I guess, but I think the Lakers actually would have been better if you swapped Schroeder and Caruso and you aligned Caruso's minutes with LeBron and then you aligned Schroeder's minutes with that second unit. And you have you would still have some overlap there between Schroeder and LeBron. But I just like I think it's still statistically true that of all of the players that LeBron has ever played with the player that he has the highest net rating with is still Alex Caruso because nobody since has topped that number. And obviously um, before the Lakers let him walk in free agency, that was the case. So yeah, like I, I <laughs> anything to get those guys on the court more basically is what I was interested in while Caruso was, was on that team. And uh, obviously we, we saw how that played out, but yeah, that, that roster and you know, you, you still could have been able to draft Max Christie because the Lakers just bought a second round pick and they could have, they could have still brought him in there um, without affecting any of the assets that the Lakers had at the time. You would, you would have an extra first round pick, I believe at least to work with because you didn't, you know, the Lakers traded draft capital on top of Coos, KCP and Harrell uh, for Russell Westbrook. You could have used Harrell's expiring on something else to improve that roster that that Russell Westbrook trade, like a you know, a lot of smart people who I don't necessarily fully disagree with, think that that basically sunk the LeBron James and AD era and made it so that like that closed their window shut. I think there's still a bit of a crack, but the Lakers are going to have to be smarter than they've been even since the the Russ trade to um, to to force that crack open even further and further and further. Um, but yeah, that's that's a that's a great hypothetical. It would have been an incredible roster. Um, all right, I'm going to go ahead and jump into the uh, iTunes mailbag here. Uh, I have one question from it. A reminder: the best way to to ensure your questions get answered or your topics get covered here on the show. And by the way, again, if you guys are VIP, check your inbox and follow the Streamyard link that you got to come on here. Laker Pete, if you're still there watching, just you know, try and see if you can uh, fix your device and be able to come on stage. And once I see that your device is connected, I will bring you on stage. Um, but the question that I have here from the iTunes mailbag from Bruin Writer 78, this is a bit of a long one. So all right. Essentially. The question is, is Darvin Ham actually the worst coach in Lakers history? Um, and, you know, it provides context to Luke Walton's tenure. It provides context to Byron Scott's tenure and uh, also takes into account Mike D'Antoni's tenure and compares it to what Darvin Ham has done so far in his time with the Lakers. And look, I, I tweeted it out. I feel strongly that way. I do not um I do not have any reason to have changed my mind on whether or not Darvin Ham is the worst coach I've ever seen. Um 
That includes Del Harris, right? That includes like you can go on down the line. I don't think any Lakers coach ever would have let LeBron sit on the sideline there with him as long as LeBron did last night in an absolutely critical, like must win game as he let timeouts expired that would have allowed LeBron to get into the game. Um, that was just, it was befuddling. It was insane. It was like, I was getting texts um, from Lakers people about it. Like what is, what is going on here? Um, not, not obviously not people directly affiliated with the team. They were busy with the game or whatever, but people kind of loosely affiliated with the people connected with the Lakers there were like, what is going on? Um, and, and it's been like that all year. Like people are just kind of scratching their head at the way that Darwin has handled the season. And I will be writing over the course of, uh, this weekend or, or as soon as we, as soon as I'm off of the air here today, I will be writing about. Uh, some of the stuff that I've heard lately about the locker room and about the way that the organization feels about Darvin Ham. So please do keep an eye out for that at LakersDaily.com. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think uh, if you want to compare him to Luke Walton, I think Luke had his problems too, right? Uh, the way that he used Brooke Lopez and the way that he uh, used Julius Randall pissed both of those guys off to the extent that they both left. Um, for nothing in free agency. Uh, Brooke Lopez was so frustrated with his usage with the Lakers that at one point Harrison and I joked about this, but it really did happen. He walked back into the locker room, came out with a towel over his head and sat there on the bench with a towel over his head. Um, some think that he was crying. Uh, some think that he was just like, you know, just that kind of frustrated that he couldn't really talk to anybody. But uh, that was like, you know, that was like the moment that that relationship basically ended and he played out his time with the Lakers and and was professional nonetheless and said all the right things afterward. But when I got to Vegas and I and I was hoping that the Lakers would be able to bring him back, the one of the first conversations I had there with somebody uh, with knowledge of the situation was like, oh, no, no, no. Brooks gone. He hated the Lakers. He hated Luke. He is gone, gone. And uh, obviously we saw how that played out. Um, and then you go to like Byron Scott, obviously Byron, uh, you know, had way lower expectations. His job was basically to make sure that Kobe got as many shots as he possibly could and, um, and, you know, allow Kobe to, uh, finish out his career in with a bang. And he clearly was very good at that. Uh, he also though was in charge of developing the young guys. And I don't think you're going to be a very good developmental coach when you are telling those young guys that they have to earn the right to talk to you, um, as he stated publicly, that is not a, um, that is not a report. That is something that actually happened. Uh, I, I think this is, um, he's probably the closest to him in my opinion. I think, I think for me, it goes like ham is the worst, then Byron, then Luke very clear, like closely bunched together, but like, I don't know what we were supposed to expect of, of Byron, given that the point was to lose as much as possible back then so that the Lakers could keep their draft capital. And he did that right. Like given the, the task at hand, he uh, did that very, very well. And um, you know, we saw how that played out, but uh, with Darvin here of those three guys, 
he had the highest expectations uh, of any of any of those three guys coming into a season. He was also equipped with the best roster of any of those three guys and has been, I would say, as or more frustrating as both of those guys were at their worst. And, you know, I don't like if, if you're given if you're given better tools and come out with just as frustrating a product, that means you have been worse at your job than those other two guys were. That's how that's the math that I would do that. Um, all right, I am going to, and now, uh, Brian Fritz. So Brian is a member. I have a membership to the channel, but I didn't get an email with a StreamYard link. Should I have received one? No worries. Uh, I know you're working everything out. Check your YouTube notifications. If it isn't in your actual email uh, inbox, um, you should have gotten a link somewhere to it. Or just check the channel, and you should have access to a post. There should be a post column or a post dropdown, and and there you would find the the link uh, that you could follow here. Um, all right, uh, if if I think I know your at on Twitter, Brian, give me your at, and I will DM you the link if if you really want to come on the stage, and I'll and I'll figure um, the the YouTube YouTube aspect of this out later. Um, all right, so the I'm going to go to Twitter where I asked for some questions and see what you guys came up with. I have, let's see, I have a couple here. Um, Johnny, uh, at Johnny DFS is asking, what TV show do you think is the most comparable to this Lakers season so far? Uh, and including how do you think it ends? Off the top of the head, Off the top of the head, I would probably say Veep. Um, so here's here's why. Um, the 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 thing with uh, the the thing with um, <laughs> uh, Veep was that you had the people at the very top of those like kind of workflows, and they were all idiots. Right. And you had like the further down the chain that you went, kind of the more competent people became. And they were only allowed to be so competent as their bosses allowed them to be, or as competent as their bosses actually were. And I think that like this season, you have, you know, people who have done their jobs well enough who have been limited by the people who are making actual decisions, right? So an example would be a role player on this roster who, you know, we'll say like Max Christie. Max Christie kind of reminds me of, um, gosh, I can't believe I'm forgetting her name. She gave one of my favorite speeches of all time, but uh, like kind of the second second in command to uh, Selena in that, in that show. And, um, and, and the, uh, you know, with her, she gave this incredible speech to Selena. I forget her last name was, but she was basically like, you are the reason women are not going to be allowed to be president from now on. They're going to point to you and be like, we tried it and it sucked. And we are not going to go back to that again. And, you know, I think that can be applicable to some other aspects of this, of this organization as well. 
But I also think that like, like Max is kind of looking at, at like the coaching staff above him. It's like, I, I can't get minutes over that guy. Right. Like I can't, I, I just watched Torian Prince take a contested 19 footer with 17 seconds on the shot clock and ruin a whole bunch of momentum. And I can't get minutes over that guy. I just watched D'Angelo Russell let like the 33rd person dri- dribble right by him without even making a basketball move. And I can't get minutes out there. Um, and, and I just, you know, I think you can say that. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> and some, like the step back three over bowl bowl that got blocked. Like if I'm Max Christie and I get pulled every single time, like I, I blink incorrectly on a basketball court. I would watch Tori and Prince take that shot and be like, I could do that. I haven't, I've haven't taken anywhere near as stupid a shot all season. And, and that guy never gets benched. Um, until recently, I guess. And, and I just think like, I don't know. The thing that I loved about Veep was that it indicated that everybody was incompetent. And I think when everybody, but like say for maybe a couple people here and there was like super duper incompetent, basically in Washington. And, um, and, and like, I, I just think it was really eye opening for me not actually eye-opening because it like it didn't actually change anything. I always believed that of the people who were in our uh, government, but um, <laughs> I it was it was like it was it was really eye-opening in the way that I was um, like I was laughing but like bawling my fist as I was laughing at how incompetent it feels like. Washington is and then like you come to find out through experience after after watching that show that Washington is actually that competent all the incompetent all the all the time and uh and 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 yeah like that's just that's just where where things currently stand um the next question that I got uh from uh Jeff Murphy is asking for a mom and pop operation such as the Lakers what will it take for them to open up the pocketbook and spend real money on a top tier medical staff, are they understaffed and underqualified as the front office? Are they as understaffed and underqualified as the front office? Um, I this is where I'm going to be a little careful because I'm not a doctor and I don't know like what I plan on doing this off season, and it's going to be like a bigger project. But what I plan on doing this uh, summer is really digging into how the Lakers compare at every single level to the rest of the league. Um, I can tell you going into that project that the Lakers are very thin compared to everybody else in the league. And I do think that uh, the spending power that Genie Bus uh, doesn't have compared to some, especially the newer owners is like, that's one of the places that you really get hit in that, like the Lakers generate enough revenue that they should be able to print enough money to hire the best at every single position throughout the organization. But they choose not to do that because that doesn't directly improve your revenue. And um, it is an indirect improvement as, you know, the better that your team gets, the more revenue that you're going to generate from deeper playoff runs, uh, regular season wins and all of those things. Um, But it, it doesn't, directly improve your revenue in the same way that like 
employing LeBron or employing Anthony Davis or employing Russell Westbrook did. And that's why they jumped at the chance to bring in Russell Westbrook, but don't always jump at the chance to bring in the best person in those non-basketball roles. All right, we have our first uh, lounge VIP hopping on stage here. It is Brian Fritz. Brian, thank you very much for hopping on, man. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Uh, enjoy your work and uh, been following you for a while. So I'm glad that uh, you're doing this and uh, we figured out the technology and it's actually working. So far, so good. I'm 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 talking to you right now with my fingers crossed. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully that that works. That super high uh, caliber technological advancement of crossing fingers is 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 enough to make this work. But uh, what did you uh, what did you want to talk about today? Do you have a do you have a any thoughts or questions or where do you want to go? Yeah, sure. A couple of things. I mean, I mean, as a Laker fan, I mean, my God, can we all get some kind of medication or something? Because these last couple of years have just been just ridiculous on our health. Um, you know, it, everybody talks about like where the Lakers are this year compared to last year. But I think there's a big discrepancy in that not only is there like a health thing, but also look at the identity of the team last year, where it was more defensive oriented. And yeah. then look at the identity of the team this year, which I know you can put excuses on injuries, like I said, but at the same time, there is no defensive identity on this team right now. And whether you want to say it's because they don't have Bando or they don't have Gabe or whatever you want to put on it. I mean, th that identity is not there. And in a league in a year specifically where offense dominates so much, that's where the Lakers need that identity. That's the, where they need to be had that differential, I think, to where they could actually have a chance to go on a run like they did last year. I mean, anytime you have LeBron and AD, you know, you have that chance, I guess. But I think it's even more difficult than what they did last year because they, they're not playing defense, you know? I mean, they're, they're just not. I mean, even if you gave up 110 per night, I'd feel pretty good about it because their offense is good enough, you know, to handle that, I think. But just right now, I mean, there, there is no defense and, and it, it takes so much for them to even do some of that. It's um, and they, they don't conjure it up every night. I mean, we all know this team ebbs and flows and is all over the place. You never know what you're going to get on a night to night basis. Yeah. I think there's a lot to like the lack of an identity aspect of it, but I also think, I think a lot of these guys have allowed all of that other noise, all of the noise that has been going on all season to really impact their effort level. Right. And um, uh, the example that I use, or I think the best example of this is probably Rui in that uh, if Rui is scoring, if he's like, if he, if the, if he's watching the basket go through, he's being physical on offensive boards, he's cutting, he's setting good hard screens, he's defending and all of those things. Um, but as soon as, that scoring goes away. He's just gone, right? He just completely uh, flounders and he completely loafs around out there and he becomes a significantly worse player. And I think you could probably say the same of D'Angelo Russell over the course of the year. I thought at the beginning of the season, he was doing a really good job of focusing on the small things. And then over the course of the year, as tends to happen, he fell back onto some bad habits that have formed over the course of now, what is it like a seven year career somehow? Um, I think you could say same even about Austin, right? Who was already not particularly well equipped physically to be a great defender, but 
uh, as his role has kind of waxed and waned, he also hasn't been as consistent defensively um, in the way that he needs to be. And if those are half of your best players there, right? Well, no matter how you want to rank them, those guys are all in the top five or six players that the Lakers have. If half of those top six players are not going to be playing defense, you aren't going to be good defensively. Yeah. And, um, and there's so much pressure on AD right now to cover up oh for gosh. everybody. And like, if you had just, I mean, a little bit better perimeter defense. And I think this goes into the frustrations that, that I know you have, and a lot of other Laker fans have in that the refusal to play max more. And, you know, yeah. I mean, and plus, I mean, we saw what happened earlier this year when it came to the rotations of Rui. So Rui's all over the place and now he's in the starting lineup, you know, on a regular basis. So at least, at least yep. that's something, but with max, He's been all over the place again this season to where he can't get any kind of flow or kind of normalcy of what is what his role is going to be. I'm really curious what happens with Max's free agency. I get yeah. the sense that he really, really wants to be a free agent, but the Lakers have also probably cost him a whole bunch of money because he's good enough to be like one of those guys who heading into re restricted free agency, there'd be conversations about like, I wonder what he's going to get. Is that guy going to get an offer and all of those things? And I'm really curious. He's a quiet guy. He's, you know, the Lakers love him in terms of personality. Um, but I do kind of wonder if like everybody has a breaking point. And I'm really curious oh, yeah. what his free agency is going to look like because like I like last night I, I lost my mind when he was when when Darwin was asked about Cam Reddish and he and and uh why he only played four minutes, and he was like, Well, that's why we went to Max. And I'm like, that's what it takes to get to Max Christie is Cam Reddish getting hurt again. Um, when, you know, all Max has done, the only time Max hasn't been available was when he was legitimately hurt, right? Remember, he sprained his ankle and missed uh, some time this year. There hasn't been a situation there where it was like he's in and out of the lineup with like pain tolerance and, and, and whatever kind of ambiguity that we've seen from some other guys, i.e. Cam. And, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I, I'm really fascinated by how that goes. And then again, like, you know, it doesn't matter what scheme you have, uh, you are only going to be as good defensively as your personnel. And, you know, you could have an, a tremendous scheme out there, but if you have five D'Angelo Russell's trying to defend, then that scheme isn't going to be great. Right. And you do have to sometimes, um, improve scheme with personnel. Um, so Spencer Dinwiddie is not a defensive stopper. Is that what you're saying? He's being used as one, right? Like, like, last night they were, they, they were doing offense to defense subs and Spencer was the defensive one. It was, I've oh. never seen anything like it. I, yeah, it I'm was crazy. Been... <laughs> crazy. Let, let me bring up two other things. And I mean, I, and I don't want to be a Debbie downer. And some of this goes into next season, but just things I was thinking about. You were, you were talking about in the off season, like how fascinating it's going to be what the Lakers do if they go star hunting again. Well, yeah. and that would have to give up their depth, which mm -hmm. would go against that. But, but here's the thing too, like you would think that Dilo would almost have to be involved in that, which would mean he would have to pick up his option knowing he's going to be traded and couldn't control his fate. But the yeah. other thing is too, you would think that maybe Rui would have to be involved. Okay. How many teams want Rui with two years left? And I, I know people go, well, it's, it's only two years. It's still two years. You know, at yeah. 35, 36 million. And this or, new CBA, that really matters. Yeah, or Gabe Vincent. And, and that, that's another two years, you know, at uh, what, $21 million, whatever it's going to be. So it's not like they're going into the last year of their deal. They still have two years left. So I don't yeah. know how many teams are going to want that. 
and, and like you mentioned, I mean, you're going to have to stack up like three guys and, you know, one of them might even have to be, you know, Austin. I mean, other teams are going to prefer to have him as well as part yeah. of the deal. So that's going to be a lot to give up when it comes to arguably your third best player plus depth. So that's, that's going to be difficult. And, and let me bring up one other thing for next season too, that I was thinking about. Everybody's always worried about the injuries for AD and LeBron and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. If you thought it was bad thinking about like, so this, they've been healthy so far this year for the most part, but next year is going to be even more difficult because they're both likely going to play in the summer Olympics. <laughs> so if you think you're yeah, worried about the health of the, of this, of LeBron and AD after they had a whole off season where they could train and rest and do whatever, what's it going to be like next year when they're going to play in the summer Olympics, not as much rest, not as much training. They're going to put more mileage on their bodies. I'm not saying that they're going to be, you know, and travel, all of those things that's all going to play. And then right after the Olympics, Hey, guess what? We got a brand new season. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I hadn't even considered the, the Olympics cause it's so far, you know, yeah. like it's, it, there's so many other things. Oh, going there's on, been times but... already this year. I've already been looking ahead to next year. I'm just like, <laughs> you know what? I, I got to correct yeah. myself here. <laughs> and then they, they yeah. drag you back in. You're just like, <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah. I think the 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 um the the question about the depth is 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 an important one, and it's why this season has been so frustrating to me because that to me is is the way that modern teams are going to be built moving forward, right? Um, it is really difficult under this new CBA to have three. They did it on purpose. It is really difficult to have three stars and fill out the rest of the roster with you know. NBA talent, unless you're willing to just zoom right past that, that second apron, which the Lakers are not willing to do. And so like, you know, if the Lakers are essentially and practically um, hard capped by that second apron and you have three contracts that are taking up 90 or 85 to 90% of that hard cap space, and then now you're trying to fill out the rest of your roster there. I just don't know how that team is even going to look. And, and, you know, I think, you know, talking about the depth and all of that stuff, that's actually been a process that has been, I think, undercovered is how quietly the Lakers went from one of the most expensive rosters in the league to like kind of falling down that list kind of steadily to this point where they are now under the second apron, they are hard capped. And going into this upcoming offseason, there is like no fat on their roster. There is no movable contracts that doesn't impact your rotation directly. And, you know, I, I know that people got annoyed with how often I was bringing it up in the offseason, this last offseason. But it is really useful to have a bunch of fat on your on your books, uh, especially expiring fat, so that you can add to the, the talent pool on your roster. What the Clippers have done basically since Balmer got there is yeah, they have their rotation. They have their core, Paul George, Kawhi, Zubats, and so on from there. Right. But what they've also done is they've also made sure to always have a bunch of just, you know, six to 10 ish million dollar expiring contracts so that when it comes time to, you know, add to the roster or keep their, their, um, their, their bottom line high as it possibly can be. It's like pro sports. I'm a Dodgers fan. 
I know that the Dodgers are always going to be an elite team because they are willing to spend more than anybody else out there, even more than the Yankees. Now the Yankees are cheap under the new ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, I understand that like that applies to basketball too. You have a soft cap. The more that you spend, the better that your team is going to be, or the, the greater your margin for error is going to be. And um, this season I thought has really kind of put on display how that lack of margin for error by trimming all of that fat really applies to a season where Jared Vanderbilt can't sink your season. Like I love Vando. I love what he does, all of that stuff, but he can't single-handedly tank your defense. If you lose Jared Vanderbilt, you should be able to make up for him to a certain extent, right? A minimum salary Cam Reddish can't sink your season and have Darvin be able to point to like, well, we haven't had had Cam in a long time. He's our best per, you know perimeter defender. That can't happen, and and that's what happens though when when you know you, you really limit your margin for error there in terms of the bottom line on on your team. Yeah, um, and, and you know when it talks about spending, I mean for anybody that has these grandiose visions of, well maybe they could you know get Ty Lue in the offseason if the Clippers somehow let him go and and Bob Myers could come in and run the front office. Uh, uh, maybe we could dream for one, but not both. <laughs> I mean, you're talking, yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking, you know, at least $10 million a year for each one of those guys. And, and I think it's going to be tough for them to reach in their pockets for, for even just one of them. I mean, coaches, I mean, the salaries have gone up so much that sooner or later you're going to have to, but um, I don't know if they do it for both a coach and, you know, somebody to run the front office. Especially because I don't think Palinka is going anywhere. So, yeah. and Palink is one of the higher paid executives in the league. And so like, if you are going to add to your front office, a, you can't pay whoever you add to your front office as much or more than Palinka because that person then becomes the loudest voice in the room. Yeah. Um, so that's going to limit your talent pool as it is, right? Like, you know, you have to bring in somebody with a, with a quieter voice than Palinka essentially. And that's why like, as much as I would, man, I would, I would die and go to heaven if they were able to bring Bob Myers in um, to, to, to help kind of fill out that rotation, uh, that, that uh, the rotation, the, the front office. And also I think improve the Lakers standing around the league. Uh, Myers is a really, really respected guy around the league. Palinka isn't as much. And um, I think that kind of, you know, that's really showed like as much as everybody likes to harp on the Lakers tax, um, part of that is like the Palinka tax. And I think that that is, uh, you know, like I've, I've heard some people say, um, and I've reported this previously, but I've heard people say that like he and Daryl Morey are the kinds of guys in your, in your fantasy football league who like every time you get a trade proposal from, you just roll your eyes, right? Like, you know, like, no, I am not going to give up Christian McCaffrey for your kicker. Right. Like that is not something I'm interested in doing. And, um, and and I think that has kind of worn on some people. The Maury thing is also fast. Like like as a quick aside, I think we're going to near a point here soon. He's had enough stars come out and say that he's stabbed them in the back. That I think stars are going to stop going to Philadelphia. I'm really yeah. curious when they when they cut ties there. By the way, uh, if if the Lakers ever got Bob Myers, I mean, what would we do with Kurt Rambis if he was not in the front office anymore? <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, well, somebody find Kurt a home anywhere. Yeah, Kurt's not really going on. He's so. he's not he's he's yeah. he's a made man so long as Genie is calling the shots. He, yeah, he's, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, I'm going through our Twitter or our uh, comment section here to see if we have any more questions. I've been here for 45 minutes and I do have to write 
this thing for Lakers Daily. So I think I'm going to go ahead and call this here early. But Brian, thank you for being my guinea pig. I, I oh, greatly appreciate that. Uh, and and this is some this is something I'm going to look into why the stream didn't show up and and see uh what went on there so that more of our lounge vips yeah. can can hop on here as well but brian thank you very much for hopping on uh thank you everybody for tuning in uh a uh the next time i think i'll you guys will hear from me will be on sunday uh for monday's show so until then have a great rest of your day make somebody else's and i will talk to you then thanks brian thanks man